Hey friends, this is Andy Storch, and I'm excited to announce that we are bringing the Talent Development Think Tank Conference back on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. Yes, you might remember we hosted this conference for the first time in January 2020, and it was a huge hit with everyone telling us it was the best conference they ever attended. And of course, we were looking forward to running it again in 2021 until the pandemic hit. That's when I launched the Talent Development Think Tank membership community, and that's been going strong since May of 2020. But I know how valuable it is to get people together in person, and that's why we are excited to be bringing the conference back again on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. I'm committed to making this a highly engaging and interactive event where you can connect, learn, and grow together with other talent development professionals. This is going to be the best event out there in talent development, and I would love to see you there. If you want to find more information and get your tickets today, the website is tdtt.us conference. That's tdtt.us slash conference. I hope to see you there. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat with your host, Andy Storch. The show is dedicated to helping you develop the most important part of your organization, the people. If you are in HR or talent development, or you just want to learn how to get the best out of your people, then you are in the right place. Each week, Andy shares interviews with talent development professionals, thought leaders, and experts to share best practices, learn about the latest trends, and find out what has been successful in the world of talent development. This podcast is designed to give you what you need to be successful in the world of talent development. Now, here's your host, Andy Storch. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm excited that you're joining me today for another great conversation to help you up your game in talent development. And today I've got a great guest for you. I'm joined today by Will Mahan, who is a training nerd, a people developer, and a happy human, according to his LinkedIn profile. Will's passion is in helping people unlock their personal and professional potential, and he has a lot of fun while doing it. He has worked at L&D for over 15 years and has a background in both the retail and technology industries, working with companies like Clark's Footwear and DraftKings. And currently, Will is the Senior Training Manager at Index Exchange, an ad tech company that works with publishers and media companies to monetize the internet. Will, welcome to the show. Awesome. Andy, thanks for having me. Super excited to be here. Yeah, really excited to have you on. Uh, you know, We got to chat a little bit a few weeks back, and I already saw you had so much interesting information and uh, I think theories and philosophy to share. And so I wanted to get you on here. And I just love right off that, you know, you call yourself a training nerd, people developer and a happy human, which I try to be as well. Just tell me like maybe the background, how did you get into learning and development and why are you so passionate about it now? Yeah. You know, I, I got into learning and development, I think like most people in the industry by accident. So there are, probably very few people who, you know, in college say, gosh, I want to be a, a training manager in a corporate right. world. I think a lot of us have come into the space in, in a roundabout way. I um, worked with Clark's, the footwear company, gosh, for over a decade or so. And right out of college, I managed a store. I was a store manager selling shoes and a manager of mine came into my store and said, gosh, your, your staff is always really well-trained and customer service is excellent. Have you ever thought about doing training a bit more formally? Have you ever thought about leaning into it? And I said, no, never crossed my mind. And he said, you know, I think, I think this might be something that you, you'll have a knack for. It just naturally you seem like a, a trainer. 
And so I leaned into it and found it was something that I really enjoyed doing. And, and so I spent the last, gosh, eight or, so, eight, eight or so years at Clark's working in learning and development. And, and I moved from California to Boston and ended up leading our, our training team for our retail stores at the end. So it was, it was a pleasant mistake. Yeah, that's awesome. And can we take a moment to, I think, recognize that manager and all managers who actually see people's strengths and point them in a direction that could utilize their strengths in their career? Because that happened for me as well a little later on in my career, but it doesn't happen that often. There are not a lot of managers who will stop and say, hey, you know, you're really good at this. You might want to think about doing this for a career. Absolutely. Shout out uh, Brad Hall. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll tag you on my LinkedIn post here. The best supervisor I've ever had. Very good at recognizing people's talents and leaning into it. And everybody needs a manager like that at some point in their journey. I tell you what, I agree. It reminds me, you know, Liz Weissman wrote about that in the book, Multipliers, you know, the idea of discovering people's native genius and being able to recognize that and point them in the right direction to utilize those strengths rather than spending all of your time trying to correct their weaknesses, which a lot of managers do. So you got into learning and development, worked for Clarks for a while. I know you also spent some time at DraftKings, which you and I talked about last time we talked because it's such an interesting, like up and coming, I guess you would call it a tech company. It's, it's like online fantasy sports and gambling, but it's certainly like a growing industry before you moved into the index exchange. Maybe you can talk about a little bit about the experience and why you came to this role you have now. Yeah, I, I was actually recruited over to this role. Our chief customer officer used to be my immediate line manager at a previous company. And she reached out and said, gosh, we, we did some wonderful things together uh, in a previous life. What do you say we do it again? And you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer when the chief customer officer reaches out to you, you say yes. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so the, the technology industry is just so interesting and diverse. DraftKings is, is a tech industry. You know, it's through a sports lens, but it's a tech industry at heart. And it's so exciting because I, I equate it to, gosh, you know, who had the same iPhone today that you did three years ago? Most people have had one or two different phones. And, and, and so, you know, what's true in the tech industry today is not going to be true you know, May 31, 2025. And, and so things change really quickly. It's exciting. It's new. It's fresh all the time. And yeah. it, it keeps things, things interesting for you know, trainers and for learners. Yeah. Things are changing fast. And I think my iPhone is about two and a half years old. So oh, I guess I'm right. coming up on maybe time to get a new one this year. I was thinking that uh, still working pretty well, I have to say. So shout out to Apple on that one. You have this, this passion around learning and development as many people do in this space. And when you and I talked before, you shared with me a real, I guess, passion and knowledge around this idea of motivation and understanding motivation, which is the underlying key to helping people learn, train, grow, get better, right? Because if there's not motivation there, then people are like, eh, I don't really care about this. Why are you putting this in front of me? Which is sort of the answer to the question. A lot of people, you know, in learning and development, create these training programs and then nobody ever utilizes them, right? So I wonder if we could start with kind of what's your, what's your overall philosophy on understanding motivation? Yeah, I, you know, I think Motivation, and I'll, I'll talk about motivation and engagement interchangeably. They're, they're mm. different, but there's so much overlap between the two. And I think in the world of talent development, leaning into engagement and motivation is the single most important and the single most overlooked aspect of what makes a successful learning experience. You know, we, we, a lot of companies tend to focus on engagement 
through employee surveys annually, what's their engagement score, things like that. And that's great. You know, engagement is it's your sense of purpose, your belonging, your commitment to, to the company. And that's important. Motivation is really it's the willpower and it's the drive to act on those feelings. And, and so we're influenced by motivation all the time, Andy, whether it's I'm thirsty and I want to get a glass of water, I'm motivated mm -hmm. to grab a drink or motivated to pick up this book multipliers for instance uh, you know you mentioned it I, I, because i want to gain knowledge and so motivation includes biological emotional social cognitive forces and and so if we can tap into what drives and excites people and if we as a talent development community as leadership in a leadership community can tailor our approach to what best motivates people to create optimally motivating environments i think there'll be less talk about things like the great recession or, you know, mm -hmm. you know I, people just generally be happier coming to work and more productive when they're at work. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really interesting. Something that it, it's almost like, well, once you talk about it, it's obvious that we need to understand what motivates people, but it's something we don't think about that much. Reminds me recently, I've been reading a book uh, called Limitless by Jim Quick, which is all about how to think better and improve your, your brain speed and strength and all that sort of stuff. And I had a chance to see him speak at a conference recently as well. And he talks about how so many people say, well, I'm really bad at remembering names or, you know, I'm not really good at remembering people's names. And he said, well, it's not that you're bad at it. You just don't have the motivation. And he has an acronym that he teaches uh, mom, which stands for motivation, observation, and methods. And, you know, he gives the example that if I told you right now that I was going to give you a million dollars, if you remembered the next person's name that you meet, you're, I can be pretty sure that you're going to remember that name, but you don't always have the motivation, but when you understand what motivates people, then you can maybe provide more of that motivation, right? And there's a lot more, a bigger chance that they're actually going to go to the training, learn new things, follow through, do the job. You know, same with like, if you get involved with sales or really any type of role in the corporate world, people generally spend their energy and their focus on the things that they're incentivized to do, right? And sometimes there's mismatches in the incentives. So how do you go about understanding what is, you know, the motivation? What does motivate certain people in your organization? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I think perhaps a good starting point, just foundationally, there's a lot of employees who come to work every day and they're not motivated. A lot of your listeners might be familiar with um, Gallup. They do their employee engagement index survey every two years. I think they actually did it more frequently post-COVID. Mm. Um, and what they found, the highest, the highest ever in the history of this survey that like hundreds and thousands of people have taken, millions globally have taken the survey. The highest recorded level of engagement is 36%. Right now it's 34 post-COVID, so it hasn't, hasn't dipped that much. So essentially what it says is one in, one in three people come to work and are loyal, productive, and find their work satisfying. Yeah. Um, the other two categories they have in this research, um, it's your not engaged audience, which says, you know what, I'm here because it's a paycheck, <laughs> I've got yeah. bills to pay, you know, kids to get through school, and, and then actively disengaged, which is really unhappy, vocal about their displeasure in the company. And the most recent engagement survey said 50%, literally half of the workforce comes just because it's a paycheck. Um, yeah. And the remaining one in six, 16%, are actively looking for new employment, which I think we see just in the marketplace with, with yeah. turnover. And so there's definite room for improvement. If, if 36 is the best ever, there's room, there's room for growth here. So the question becomes why, uh, you know, why, why is that? And um, 
Gallup asks everybody who, who takes a survey a follow-up question, Andy, and they say, you know, essentially, why? <laughs> why do you say you're engaged? Why do you say you're not engaged? Why do you say you're actively disengaged? Mm. And more than anything else, you know, you hear folks talk about workload, hours, you know, uh, whether I can work remotely or in the office, my colleagues, the benefits, the compensation, all of those things. And while that factors into the equation, resoundingly head and shoulders, every time they do the survey, number one answer is the relationship I have with my immediate line manager. If my immediate line manager and I have a productive relationship, and more specifically, if I feel like my immediate line manager quote, genuinely cares about me, you know, as a person, I'm far more likely to, to be happy, engaged, motivated, productive, all of those things when I come to work each day. So it's one of those things that I, I know the average learner might go into a, a training session and go, oh, well, that seems very fluffy and, you mm-hmm. know, kind of hippie, like genuine concern for other folks. But it's something that's so important to driving motivation and engagement in the workplace and something that's not, not talked about often enough. Yeah. So there's so much influence from the direct manager you're saying. And, and I've seen that in my experience in working and consulting and training for the last 10 plus years that if your manager is like, oh, man, I can't believe, can't wait for you to take this training. It's going to be great. I'll support you. Like you're a little more excited than if your manager, and I've seen this too, right? Is like, hey, where are you going? Why are you taking time away from work? Like, what is this training class? Like, you, you don't need to be doing that, right? And if you know your manager's not excited about you doing it, then you may not be so excited about doing it either. Yeah. And, you know, I think um, the way that we think about learning, I I think we've seen it evolve post-COVID, right? You know, Mm. everybody who's listening, if you're in the talent development space, we've had to adjust, we've had to do things differently. And I think that includes how we think about motivation and engagement. We have Mm. to motivate people differently. And typically the leaders who tend to struggle the most with that tend to have a one-size-fits-all approach for motivation and engagement. That's why we see things like all hands or big team meetings fall flat over time because there you have a diverse group of people within your organization or within your team, each who are motivated by uniquely different things. So if you have this one message without really thoughtful and catered follow-up to each individual, your message might resonate with the folks who are motivated by things similar to you. But for the folks on your team who aren't, it's going to fall flat and there's not going to be lasting impact with that audience. So we've got to, got to be really creative and more individualized and personal with how we approach motivation and engagement. For over three years now, the Talent Development Hot Seat podcast has been proudly sponsored by Advantage Performance Group. Advantage Performance Group provides creative learning and consulting solutions that equip individuals, teams, and organizations to be the best at what they do. Advantage helps leaders lead, sellers sell, and businesses flourish, and you to be more successful at your job. The Advantage website has great free resources, including this podcast and an amazing webinar series that include topics such as innovation, future storming, inclusion, sales, leadership, and so much more. To get access to all of our free resources, as well as overviews of the solutions that Advantage offers, just head on over to AdvantagePerformance.com. That's advantageperformance.com. Yeah. So when we think about approaching that motivation and understanding what motivates our people, how do we figure that out? It, you know, we know it's going to be different for different people, right? We know the manager is a big factor. Do we focus mostly on the manager and trying to help leaders become better motivators and better leaders? Are there other things that we can be doing? Yeah, I, I think it's actually, it's, it's the inverse. 
know, focus less on the manager and more on the person. There's a framework that's been around for, gosh, almost 100 years, Andy. It was developed by um, Edward Spronger, who's a, a German philosophist, a philosopher and a psychologist. And um, he first discovered that there were seven different types of motivation with people. And this is like intrinsic motivation, things that are 100% inside of me. I'll share them quickly because there's seven of them. Um, so first is power. You know, am I motivated by influence, control, authority? A lot of folks are, especially when you hear people saying, you know, gosh, I'm interested in a promotion, increasing yep. my job title, my scope. Probably the most common that we hear of. And the second is called economic, which sounds like money. Money's part of it. Yeah. It really focuses on ROI. So for the average listener right now, all right, if, I, if I'm going to invest 30 minutes into listening to this podcast, what am I going to get from it, right? Mm. So if I invest my time, energy, efforts, talents, whatever it is, what do I get back in return? If I'm a learner, if I invest two hours in this training module, what can I do better and differently as a result? Mm -hmm. So economic. Theoretical is information. So I'm motivated by it, like facts, figures, data. The more that I know about a situation or just about the environment around me, the more positively I can influence my, my environment for the better. Altruism, which is really straightforward, and desire, uh, motivation and desire to help those around me, invest my time and energy to, to lift other folks up. Mm. I see a lot in the creative field, there's a motivator called aesthetic, which is balance, harmony, creativity, form over function, that those type of things. Uh, Work-life balance is really important to folks who are motivated by that. I, I'm really motivated by aesthetic. I, I paint often outside of work. I do yoga a lot. I meditate a lot. So like balance is important. Probably the, the quickest emerging motivator out there is called individualistic, which is freedom, autonomy, self-expression. And you'll hear that a lot with folks, especially in you know, the, the new workplace. Where do I work? When do I work? How much freedom yeah. do I have over my workplace? And, and how much control do I have? And then last is, I think this is last, <laughs> last count. The last is, a, is, is called regulatory, which is like, there's a right way to do things. So mm. rules, processes, guidelines, structure, procedure. And I know if I have those frameworks and it, I, I know if there's a best practice or a best way to do things, that's motivating to me because I know that can help me on my journey from point A to point B. Yeah. And so each of us are, are motivated by some combination of those and people in the language they use will give you some sort of, uh, some sort of clues uh, to, to what motivates them. People are driven into different career choices just based on those motivators. And, and we, we manifest what motivates us or we try to figure out a way to manifest what motivates us in every environment that we're in. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So I got seven there, power, economic, theoretical, altruism, aesthetic, individualistic, and regulatory. Right. I got them all. <laughs> all right. You, yeah, you got them all. That's great. And they all make sense. And it's interesting because I think from an economic standpoint, and traditionally, like the big motivators have been, you know, power, you know, recognition, you can move up and, and get promoted, right? People are going for that. That's what, you know, the carrot that the companies are always dangling and then the economic, like the ROI on your time, you're investing this and you get this salary, right? And you feel like you're being compensated fairly for your time until maybe you don't, right? If someone you know is getting paid more than you or something like that. But those are the two big ones that we've, I feel like focused on a lot for many years. And, you know, I've heard like economic studies that say, well, hey, if people just wanted to maximize their time getting a college degree, 
right? From an ROI perspective, they would become an engineer or a doctor or lawyer, right? Like those are the highest paying fields. Like most people know that. And yet so many people still go and major in, you know, psychology or HR or like, you know, other fields that are not known to be paying as much because they're motivated by other factors, right? One of them just being doing the work that they maybe think they enjoy doing versus trying to force themselves to become an engineer or a lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. I think we we're in a time and place where we tend to glorify things like power and economic, right? Mm -hmm. So we, we place so much emphasis on, gosh, if you do these things, it'll set you up to get a promotion. This will set you up to get a raise. And, and so I think we, we almost assume that those are the things that motivate people and lean into that from a corporate standpoint. And then we also, it, it's natural, Andy, like we tend to try to motivate people in ways with which we're personally motivated. Mm. So I would guess, I, you know, you know, I don't know each other that well, but I would yeah. guess you've got your book, you've got a podcast, you lead the think tank. Yeah. I would imagine you're somebody who's really motivated by that individualistic, like freedom, self-expression, mm -hmm. do your own thing in your own way. Right. Yep. I'm motivated by that also. And, and I catch myself naturally leaning into that when I speak with people, which is great. You know, if you and I are both motivated by the same thing, we can speak the same language or on that yeah. same radio frequency. Right. But we've all had those conversations or if we're in a, a classroom setting or from a talent development standpoint, we're like, this isn't resonating with, mm. with this learner because one of the things that we don't do often enough is say, what do the people on the other side of this conversation need from us? Why are you here? Why are we talking mm. about this topic? Yeah. Is it because you want a promotion? Is it because you want more money? Is it because you just want knowledge? Is it because you want, what is it? And, and if I don't know the answer to that question, and if I don't try to tailor my approach to cast a wide net so something resonates with everybody, there's gonna be people who leave unsatisfied. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if I had to guess, again, like don't like generalizing, right? But getting to know people through so many different avenues over the years in talent development, learning and development, like yourself, I would say in talent development, one of the top, if not the number one motivators is altruism, is wanting to help other people, right? Which is fantastic, but you have to understand that not everybody is motivated by the same thing, right? And understanding what other people are motivated by, whether it's money or power or information or that, you know, that balance of harmony, as you mentioned, aesthetic, or maybe it's more freedom and, and self-expression or the regulatory. There's a lot of different factors there. Do you recommend, you know, how, how can we figure out what people are motivated by? I mean, you mentioned asking, right? On an individual level, you could ask, can you do this through surveys? Do you, do you recommend like managers focus in and try to understand what their people are motivated by? Yeah. I'm going to give you a two-part answer. Okay. Um, part one is, I don't know if a survey is the best mechanism. You know, yeah. you, you're unlikely to find out what really motivates somebody, what drives, excites, inspires, motivates somebody through a survey or even just through surface level conversation. If you're going to find out what motivates somebody, you've got to dig a bit deeper than that. And I think it requires personal connection and, and things like that. If, if you're speaking or working with a, a large audience, assume that there's a wide range of motivators out there. And I'm, I'm going to fumble through this. So, yeah, so okay. forgive me uh, for, for the clumsiness here. But if I were promoting Hot Seat, right? If I were promoting this podcast, I'd, yeah. I'd say to myself, hmm, how can I try to introduce this in like uh, my 60 second soundbite 
so that something catches the ears and attention of all listeners. So again, I'm going to fumble, <laughs> but bear with me. Yeah. So I can say, hey, this is the best podcast out there. Power, right? This is the number one talent development podcast out there. Economic, at the end of every episode, you will have practical takeaways that you can use to apply on your job in real life, in real time to make it better. Economic. So there's a return on investment. Theoretical. We've got folks who come in with years of experience, thought leaders from across the industry who are going to give you the information and know-how that they've learned through the years to help you do your job more effectively or think bigger, think differently, right? Aesthetic. Each of our episodes is short. It's easy to fit into your schedule. It's, it's X amount of minutes. You can fit it in into any schedule so you can balance it with all of the other priorities you've got going on individualistic every episode is a different topic with a different speaker and so each episode will give you something fresh and new a fresh take on talent development in a lens you haven't thought of before altruism these are designed to help you to think that bigger to do your job better to help the folks in your organization more effectively so this is designed to help you the talent development audience think differently and do better and then regulatory is each episode will give you system, structure, processes, guidelines, best practices that have been tried and true that we know work that you can put into practice in a structured, systematic way. This is, you know, so I mean, very, very clumsy there. But, you know, if you were to include that in a more thoughtful kind of commercial or infomercial, there's something that's going to resonate with most people. Mm. And if you if you give that pitch and then if you if you just stop and listen and just see what the person opposite you responds to, that'll give you some indication to, to what caught their ears and attention and, and perhaps what motivates them, what they want to yeah. dig into a bit more. I love that. It's fantastic. I'm taking notes like furiously right. over here. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to use this uh, because I get, I fall into this trap, right. That I will often market, you know, some of the things I'm doing, like the podcast or the think tank community that we run based on what I think is important, which often is like connection, community, things like that. But there could be, you know, like you said, helping you learn things to be able to get promoted in your job or be able to help more people yourself or to gain information or be able to get things on the go. So thinking about what's going to motivate people to go, oh yeah, that is something that I want to tune into, want to listen to. Uh, and obviously if you're listening to this, you are already listening, but it would be interesting for you to reflect on why do you think this is a great podcast or why do you like listening? Does do one of those things resonate with you? Okay, Will, so bringing this back to learning and development to talent yeah. development and creating great training programs, learning experiences. How do we utilize everything that we've been talking about to create the best experiences possible? Yeah. Great question. I think to boil it down into a couple sentences, you can't have a one size fits all approach. There are going to be people who are thinking about their careers, thinking about their education from, from different perspectives. If you're a trainer, there are gonna be people in your classroom or your virtual classroom who are there focusing on the same topic, but for a variety of reasons. And, and so really understanding that and then catering your talk track, catering your approach to, to cast a wide net that really speaks to all people in your audience will, will go a long way. It's funny, Andy, you mentioned earlier, you said, gosh, like, I feel like a lot of folks in the talent development community are probably high on altruism because they want to help people, right? right. And one of the things I found, and, and I, I think a lot of your listeners may, may agree with this, is if you were to ask anybody, whether you're in sales or customer service or leaders, whatever it is, say, why do you do what you do? 
you'd probably hear from a lot of folks, I just want to help people. Mm. Right? I just want to help people. So I'm a salesperson because I want to help my clients, right? I'm a leader because I want to help my team. I, I am in customer service because I love helping people figure out their problems. And I, I think that's true. I think we're, we're it's probably in, in Liz's book in multipliers, right? And they're like, yeah. we all want to help people in different ways, but right. if you dig a bit deeper in the why, what does that yeah. look like to you? Yeah. Uh, if I dig a bit deeper beyond the, I want to help people, you'll find out a lot. And I think that's a, a really interesting question to ask people. Well, just the, the why. Yeah. And I was thinking about, you and I have talked about Julie Weekle Giulioni. She spoke in the talent yeah. film and think tank recently. I had her on the podcast recently. She has a new book called promotions are so yesterday. And you know, in that book, I mean, she did a big study on what motivates people in the workplace because she was talking about getting beyond the traditional career ladder Right. And what she found through a, a huge study was that the number one top motivating factor for people is contribution, right? Which could come in the form of helping other people or just knowing that your work makes a difference, right? That you are showing up, that the reason that you go to work and people appreciate the work that you're doing. You're not just cranking out reports that nobody ever <laughs> looks at or listens to, right? Uh, which happens, but that you feel like you are truly contributing. And I think that really factors into that wanting to help other people. And just wanting to know that you know, not everybody knows their true purpose, right, on the earth, but just knowing that, like, you make a difference in the world, right, that you're not here for no reason. I think that, like, that's a big motivator for people behind the scenes, no matter what they may say about, you know, what they're doing or what motivates them. I want to know that what I do matters. I mean, that, yeah. that's just a core human truth. I want to know that I make a difference and that I matter and that what, what I'm putting out there matters. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. So as you are putting programs together and you're thinking about, you know, what are the needs of your people, right? And you're not just responding to a manager says like, Hey, we need negotiations training, or we need some type of technical training or something, but thinking about, okay, what are the real needs of my people and what's really going to motivate them to show up for this and to do the work and to actually get some benefit from this so that we as an organization have a great ROI on our time and effort and energy and money that we're putting into this as well. Yeah. You know, what I found is in the past, I would communicate learning offerings through my voice. And, you know, my voice is that of individualistic aesthetic. And, and I would frame, even if you were to read any of my emails, if you were to look at the text in my email, you get a transcript, you would see individualism and aesthetic come through. So I took a step back and, and just in terms of getting like butts in seats, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And I think this is true for each of us. Like we should communicate and, and follow up on our communications in different voices. If I'm a salesperson, I should cascade a message out to, to a, a prospect in one voice. If that doesn't work, try a different voice, <laughs> try a different language, try something else that's going to resonate. And so I try to communicate about learning and development through different voices because something will resonate. If I'm going to talk about negotiation, to your point, maybe the language of individualism and aesthetic, maybe that doesn't work for some folks. Maybe, maybe it will. Maybe it'll get some folks to sign up and to be interested. But the next time I communicate that out to our audience, it'll be through the language of a different motivator. So my, my goal is to, to, to share with people that whatever the topic is, there's a component of it that can speak to you, that can be motivating to you. There's going to be a benefit to you. And then my job is when we're engaging with learners, 
how do we take that topic? You know, we, we've spent a lot of time in the last two and a half years thinking about, gosh, how do I take this training and make it something that works in a virtual setting? How do I take this topic and make it something that works for everybody's motivators? How do I, how do I try to speak in a number of different languages so that regardless of why that person signed up or why they're there, it's something that's going to speak to them. It's going to motivate them. And it's something that they can feel like they can have a, a practical takeaway after engaging with me. Yeah, absolutely. That is a good way to think about it. Well, Will, this has been really interesting, motivated me to think okay. <laughs> about how I'm communicating the things that I'm doing in a way that will motivate people or that will cater towards their motivations, I guess you would say. For anybody listening that wants to get in touch with you, maybe find out more about what you're doing, uh, or maybe ask you some more questions about this, uh, where's the best place for them to go? Is it LinkedIn? LinkedIn. Yeah. Training nerd, people developer, happy human. <laughs> That's right. That's your headline on LinkedIn. So look up uh, Will Mahan on LinkedIn. We'll put a link to his profile in the show notes. And uh, if you're not connected with me, following me on LinkedIn, make sure you reach out and do that as well. Sharing content on a regular basis. And we'll be thinking even more about what motivates people to learn from that content. So Will, thank you so much for coming on. I look forward to talking with you more soon. Appreciate it. Thanks, Andy. All right. That will do it for my conversation with Will Mahan about understanding motivation for your people to become a better leader, to create better programs, to really help people learn and grow and enable you to do a better job as a talent development professional. So I hope that was useful. That was valuable. I learned a lot. I thought it was great. I hadn't really heard about those seven types of motivation before. So it was really enlightening for me. If it was for you, send me a note, send a note to Will and let him know that you appreciated it. And also we are going to be having Will lead a call on this subject in the Talent Development Think Tank community. He's a member of the community, joined just a couple months ago, and I'm excited to have him leading a call on this subject because I think we can dig more into this and let people ask questions and share their perspectives on the matter. By the way, if you're not yet a member of the Talent Development Think Tank, try to use some of what Will taught me here. There are a number of great reasons to join. This is the membership community, by the way, that I started in June of 2020 after the pandemic hit and I knew people wouldn't go to conferences anymore and I wanted to have a way to connect people in the talent development space. And there are many great reasons to join. It's still going strong. We have over 100 really wonderful members in this community. Number one is it can help you do your job better in L&D. There's no doubt about that. You can ask any of our members who attend our regular calls and they'll tell you they learn things that they put into practice in their role. Number two, I think you'll get a really great return on investment as long as you are willing to put in the time to attend some of our calls, right? So we do a call every week. You don't have to be on every call, but if you attend one or two a month, I think you're gonna get a great return on your investment. Number three, you get tons of great information. As you do from this podcast, you get even more from the community, from people sharing things, not just speakers, but other members. Number four, altruism. This is really gonna help you help more people, right? Because you learn things that you can take back to your organization, but also you get to help people in the community. You don't just come to learn, you get to teach as well. We have many of our members leading calls and coming on the podcast. Aesthetic, you know, I'm not sure. It definitely shows that you are someone who is willing to invest in yourself and invest time in yourself. And I think the things that we teach and we learn and we discuss allow you to create better harmony and balance in your life as well. It's also very community focused. So it's about connection, which I believe leads to more fulfillment and happiness as well. Individualistic, you know, self-expression, like you can come express yourself, be yourself. Like I, anybody in there will tell you, 
I pride myself in being an inclusive leader. So I try to include everybody, make them feel belong, like they belong and let them be themselves, right? Unless they're jerks and then they're out. But otherwise, like you get to be yourself. And then you get to get to learn like a lot of the right ways that things are done, best practices, the mistakes that people have made that can really help you in all different areas of talent development. So if you're not a member, come check us out. If you value flexibility like I do, come join for a month and see if you like it. And then if you don't, then you can quit. But I tell you, most people who join end up staying for quite a long time because they get so much value. So the website, again, is tdtt.us, as in Talent Development Think Tank. That's tdtt.us. And you can find all the information on our website. You can book a call with me if you have more questions. And when you sign up, you can use the discount code HOTSEAT, H-O-T-S-E-A-T, for 10% off. I want to also let you know that our podcast is sponsored by Advantage Performance Group. Advantage is a group of professional services professionals who are dedicated to providing a continuous stream of creative learning and consulting solutions that equip individuals, teams, and organizations to be the best at what they do. I formerly was a partner at Advantage Performance Group. I really loved being able to offer all kinds of different solutions, including making sure that I'm giving the right one to my clients when they come to me with a need like leadership development, business acumen, sales training, EQ, all that type of stuff that I could say, here are three different options. Let's discuss and figure out what's the right and best one for you. Advantage can do that because they have so many different resources and learning solutions. I'm a big fan of that. So I highly recommend you check them out. Uh, You can go to their website, advantageperformance.com to find out more and get more info as well as get a lot of great free resources as well, advantageperformance.com. All right. Thank you again for listening. Stay tuned. Our next episode, I'll be sharing my bonus Q&A episode with Will. We're talking about his career as well as the trends and challenges that he is following in talent development. Thanks again for listening to the Talent Development Hot Seat. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review on iTunes to help other people find the show. And as always, you can find all of our episodes and tons of free resources on our website, talentdevelopmenthotseat.com. Thank you again. Take care.